All right, welcome to the Ride It Out podcast, the official podcast of Summonats, the world's wildest car festival. My name's Jay Benz, and I'm joined by my mate, Webby. Mate, how crazy was last week with all those, those crazy lunatics? <laughs> mate, I was thinking what a great bunch of lunatics they are. And look, no, no wonder that um, it's such a strong scene, that Burnett scene, because they all get on so well, the majority get on so well, and they're just such great blokes. So, yeah, wow, they have a great time, don't they? I know, and, and the competition between them is always so so tight, but yet they all seem like best buds, you know? What a what a lifestyle they got, eh? Yeah, mate, and travel around, then going to burn out to burn out. And it's really interesting for me to compare because I've been judging elite cars for so many years, mm. and it's just to see those guys. Look, they're competitive, but at the end of the day, they understand the judge's decision is final, and um, they all just seem to move on. So I think I might change. I might become a burnout judge, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Or you could become a burnout competitor, you know? You no, know. no, 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 <laughs> too crazy for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, righty we're kicking off tonight's show with a mighty bang with rotary legend from Pack Performance, Rocky Raham. Then we are joined by Blow Motorsports' very own George Saparovic, who will be joined yeah. by burnout master Matt James, who drives unwanted the VFU. What a you, that is. And, crazy, and the right? compact. And the compact, and compact too. Exactly right. True, true story, right? Came first and second, right? Yeah, correct. All right, then we'll be joined by Summonats legend Chris Christo, who became a pioneer of lighting up the Summonats burnout pad in his day, and to this day still he's still involved in the car scene. What a legend he is, Webby. Yeah, mate, it's, uh, looking forward to the uh, all, all the guests. Look, we've had so many great guests on, and it just seems we keep, keep, keep getting them. So, yeah, we're Absolutely. I was just about to say, every week it just keeps getting better and better, and we're finding, yeah. you know, unearthing all these legends of the sport and, and um, you know, pioneers and heroes. We are here with Rocky from Pack Performance, one of the biggest players in the world rotary scene. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Yourself? Good, good. <laughs> hey, Rocky, you've been around for many years. So how did you get the whole idea of starting the whole Pack Performance rotary thing? It started off just like a bit of a hobby in the garage with some mates and sort of we outgrew the garage and the, the job became more extravagant and um, eventually the neighbours had enough and the council came around and the coppers came around and, um, yeah, we decided, listen, we're, we may as well start a business and we opened up that first premises in Bryan Street in Padstow. What year was that? I think we opened up in 91. Yeah, right. Yeah, so you've been around, like I said, you've been around a long time. Yeah. yeah. So what? how did you actually get into the whole rotary scene? You obviously like them. Sure. I mean, it, it all started, and I've said this story many times to plenty of people, that it all started, we used to ride motorbikes, two-stroke bikes, and um, a friend of mine came up one day and said, look, there's, um, there's an engine in a car that doesn't have any cams or valves or <laughs> it's got – hardly any moving parts, and it's got a power band like your two-stroke motorbike. And um, so I was intrigued, of course, and I went for a ride in one and I was sold. And as soon as I went for a ride in that Bridgeport those, all those years ago, I said, you know, I've got to have one of these. It's so much like my dirt bike. And, um, yeah, I went the following day and bought an engine, pulled it apart to see what made it tick. And as they say, the rest is history. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> you, could say, you, could, you could almost say being a, a dirt bike rider has sort of influenced the, the whole project, I guess, you know. Yeah, um, for sure. Look, um, there's, a, there's a lot of similarities. I mean, we used to, you know, pre-mix our bikes like out, out the fuel and then we do that yeah. with the rotary engine and um, just that smell of the two-stroke oil burning and or, or the yeah. castor oil these days. But that whole deal just 
reminds me of that two-stroke bike and, and that, those years when I was younger and riding the bike. So it was that natural progression for us, and, and I suppose I never really grew up and became curious. So I, I never played with these pistons stuff. Cars with all those multiple moving parts. I could <laughs> stay, stay a kid, and like that, 13B engine's got three moving parts nearly, and, and so um, it's been good. And like that's really interesting, right? And now, obviously, I went to your Bride Street business, but now you've got that uh, Hiller business in um, in Violet Street. Just tell us a little bit about that, because when I go there, you got that many cars. So, what do you actually do from, from building cars, dyno, and everything? Just give us a bit of a rundown on everything there. Yeah, look, we moved here about seven years ago because we outgrew the four or five buildings we had in Bryant Street, and uh, we thought this would be like well, it was a natural progression for us, and. Um, we opened up these premises here and we, we've got a state-of-the-art dyno room. We've got our own machine shop. We've got three Haas CNC machines. We've got all the hoist, all the technical equipment, and we're doing everything now. Like from, you know, except for paint and um, the upholstery, we're doing a, the whole car from divs yeah, right. engine to the chassis fabrication to the wiring, at the whole install, the whole engine fabrication, the, the machining balancing everything. So a guy can come in here with his checkbook and, and an <laughs> idea or a dream and, um, yeah, leave here in four months or five months' time and with a complete rolling program, you know, with a, with a car, done. And um, we, we look after the whole process for him because a lot of people are pretty time poor these days. Mm-hmm. So um, and, and these cars are getting harder and harder to find and the parts are getting more and more difficult to source with quality. So we're producing the parts whatever we can't buy new from Mazda or off the shelf we're reproducing. And um, we're selling all that stuff online as well as using it in our workshop and selling it the whole world over. Did you ever envision it to be that big? No. To be that whole, that whole, that whole wholesome, I guess, you know, like... Um... No, absolutely not. I mean, when I started this business with my brother George all those years ago, it was just mm. to keep the council and the coppers off our backs because we were making a racket <laughs> back at home. <laughs> <laughs> We're very, very fortunate to be able to turn that hobby and that dream that we had into a thriving business that we have today. And, of course, you know, we've got – it's not just George and myself anymore. I've got um, my wife, Karen, and, and my younger brother, uh, Rodney, that works here and, and Billy. And we've got a staff of about 25 to 30 wow. people who we've got at any one yeah. time in this place. So, yeah, it's become really, really huge. And it was something that probably I hadn't envisaged when we first started the business, it was just, like I said, just make a few dollars and keep out of trouble. And like you said there, but I, I was looking online at the stuff that you make from the grill, the RX3 grill, so like all those parts. It's, it's mad. Where do you get all that stuff done? Some of it we buy. Some of it we, we get manufactured here in Australia. Others come from offshore. But like George, George's full-time job now is to just source these parts, get back into the people that were manufacturing these parts like all those years ago and finding old stock. Mm. And then, then get all stock. We do if we can't, then we purchase a large enough order that these guys will reproduce the, that particular part, whether it be a, a bush or a shock absorber or a, or a transmission part or whatever it is. So, um, you know, if you, that will make anything provided you supply them with a big enough order. So, um, with yeah. our reach, our global reach over the internet and social media, or whatever, we can actually afford to buy mm. large quantities of parts and then on sell them. So. We're very fortunate. We're keeping that dream alive for a car which is like made in 1971, 72, 68 for the R100s. Um, yeah. yeah. Still have parts for them, so it's really, really good. Just like like 
the Mustangs do or, or, or the Falcons. Yeah, like, like the muscle car stuff. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. Mate, drag racing is a huge part of your business. Do you do you actually like your own drag racing or do you like the support and the other cars you build for the other guys or both? Early on in the piece, it was I really enjoyed our drag racing, but as more and more of our customers started to drag race, it really took a toll on our personal drag racing. So now get a lot of enjoyment and satisfaction from seeing our customers go fast. So, yeah, it's 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 huge. The drag racing is, is a huge scene for us. Um, it's a it's a way of advertising our product and, and marketing our parts. And um, having our customers run fast and being there to support them is really satisfying. So at the moment, I think our customers and our customer base is taking priority to our drag racing ourselves. Yeah, I was guessing that, but... Um just tell us a little bit about, because you've had a huge career and I know you've done a bit of overseas stuff, and tell us a bit about that and obviously Puerto Rico when you race there. Yeah, well, we've, we've raced here for a long, long time all over the, the, the country and um, set multiple Australian and world records. So in that scheme of things, we'd, we'd kind of done it all and I ticked all the boxes. But I'd, I'd always wanted to go, to go and race at the same track, at the same place as the, the, the American guys or the Puerto Rican guys. In 2016... We made the trip over to Orlando and uh, raced at Orlando Speed World and Ozzy and Maria Moya from Orlando organised that for us. And um, we had, of course, support from our Australian companies like TurboSmart and, and Garrett and what have you. And we went and raced at the same racetrack at the same place at the same time. So for us, for, for me personally, that was just like a bucket list dream that I, that I had and, and I wanted to do. So I was very fortunate to do that and we were very, very successful over there. Um, running against the best in the world at that first event. We came runner-up, so um, we're pretty happy. Wow. The, the weekend was it was raining on and off. So uh, in Australia, when we see a little bit of rain, normally the, 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 um, the promoters or the track owners cancel the event. And, and so when it started to rain, we were like, what the hell? We travelled all this distance to, um, <laughs> to race and, and weather's bad. And we thought that was, it was going to be cancelled. But... Uh, Definitely not, not over there. Like they had thirty thousand people there, and not one single person left that grandstand, even when it was pouring rain, because they were too scared they were going to lose their seat in the grandstand. So that just really oh, wow. opened my mind just how passionate those people are and how much they enjoyed their racing. So um, that that event, we were running in the final at two forty-five a.m. So I, I remember oh. we were driving, wow. we were driving. Yeah, we came runner-up, and after the presentation or whatever, so we were getting home at about 5 o'clock, and we stopped to have breakfast as the sun was coming up. So passion, um, like the, the the track people, the, the all the clean-up crew, all the preparation, whatever, they just did not stop all weekend, and, and I can't believe that that, that crowd and, and the, those fans stayed up for that um, for those races, even so late at night with the weather being so bad initially. But... Yeah, I mean, that's that racing scene over there. They're, they're hardcore. Can't beat them. Yeah. Um, you're very, very humble there because I know that you were dated. A lot of them had heard of you, and um, I'm, you know, I think you sold out of merch on the first day, didn't you? Yeah, we, we sold out of merchandise on Friday. So we were lucky. Um, <laughs> we sold out of merch, and we had we had some merch that we had made here, but we got the bulk of it made um, over in in the US by really, you know, really monster T-shirts and that. So... Uh, Willie Lopez, we, we called him on Friday afternoon and said, listen, we're like done, and he came over and said, okay. And so they worked through the night, through the night, to have stock ready for us for Saturday and Sunday. So, yeah, it was <laughs> We had over 10 people selling merch 
for three days. It was just ridiculous. They, they had wanted to see us in the, in the US for a long time and, and it took a long time to, to, to pen that deal together and with lots of false starts and whatever. But on the and Orlando, they stepped up. You know, we did that deal like one night at the PRI and, um, yeah, it was just – it was good, good experience. I mean, <laughs> Orlando was good, but then the icing on the cake was racing at Salinas Puerto in Puerto Rico. That You know, that was yeah. just – Another level again. Yeah, Puerto Rico was something else. I, I, we really enjoyed ourselves there. And, um, like, the Puerto Ricans and the Australians, they love their rotaries. And uh, they probably got more – well, they don't have as much population as we do, but they probably have more rotary cars per person than, than we do. So, um, yeah, yeah. They're just – their racing was, again, another level. And um, racing at Salinas was something that I hadn't thought about doing, but – when that opportunity arised when we were there. So we went over in 2017 and did um, uh, Puerto Rico. And, again, that was just mind-blowing. So even more dedication, even more passion, even more craziness. Uh, it was good. Good event. And I believe they did something pretty special for you at the end of that as well, eh? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, well, at the beginning of the event, they um, they handed us with, like, so that the mayor of uh, the mayor come down with a couple of uh, government officials and we were handed... Um, a uh, certificate for the um, for like what we do and and uh, what we've done in racing and and all our accolades and then we were handed like the keys to the city while we were there. So um, um oh, Mark, to racing in Puerto Rico, we was yeah we were handed a certificate for that. Um, it was good. Um, I, I felt real special, you know, being being so far away from everybody in Australia, like we're miles and miles from everybody, like thirty five hours away. Uh, is the flight to Puerto Rico. So knowing that these guys across the other side of the world are looking at what you're doing. and So, yeah, that that, that was good. It was a, definitely a, an eye-opener for me, just knowing that we are playing on that world stage and, and being able to compete so highly. It was a good thing. Can I ask you something about the early days of drag racing? Like, I'm always intrigued about these, you know, the really fast top-end sort of cars. Can you remember, yeah. like, the first time when you went really fast and, like, and gone, ooh, this is what it's all like, that's fast, you know, and you thought to yourself... <laughs> For me, it started like I was racing a 12-second car, then an 11-second yeah. car, then a 10-second, 9-second. So it was a, like a natural progression. So there was never really a day when I thought, oh, wow, look how fast this is. <laughs> but I'll tell you what has popped up. Recently, and, and this is in the last couple of years, this radial drive to the track, we've got cars now like Andrew Zeta and Eric Wolf, for example, in their three-rotors. They drove their cars to the racetrack. In, in like they, they, they got... RX3s with three rotors with 20 Bs in them. So they'd drive mm-hmm. them on radials, race them. They ran sevens and drove home. And then I was there, of course, doing the tuning and adjustment on them cars. Mm. But when I was driving home that, you know, after those particular days, that's when the penny dropped. I said, man, these guys just ran a seven-second pass in a car. Yeah. They, they drive. They can take their girlfriend or their mum or their wife and go shopping in it. And that's <laughs> when the penny dropped. I said, this is just ridiculous. And so, I mean, yeah. yeah. Our race car, before that, you would have had trailers for a seven-second car, right? Trailers in the car park. Yeah, Correct. exactly right. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, these guys are doing it without trailers. They're driving, and not just like the rotary people, but just mm. drag racing on radials in general, just the, the technology and the tyre tech and, and horsepower and fuel and engine management that are and available. safety, you could say, I guess, couldn't you? Safety is safety as well. Well, yeah. I mean, safety. These cars are safe. Just yeah. th- this natural progression. But that, that was the day when the penny dropped. I said, holy, <laughs> you know, like 
hell, like this, they just did this and they're driving home. And it was something that I probably wouldn't have thought would have happened in a long time ago. And then when I look back at our cars that would run a seven, they were like on alcohol with parachutes and, and like trailers and no exhaust. And these guys are doing it on radios with full exhaust. Yeah. And they're I was going to say, Rocky, that day that you thought that you probably really knew you were going fast was the day of the big accident. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've raced, I raced for a long time and never, ever, ever did it cross my mind I was going to have an accident. And, you know, I was um, racing in the final and the boys had the barbecue ready. It was We would win the championship if we won that race. And, um, yeah, the it was in May at the, I think, at the Nitro Champs. Out of terrain, it was getting cold, on, off, that the track was coming and going and coming and going. And unfortunately, we were the very next car after a, like a little bit of rain or an all down and that track was cold and I got out of the groove and next thing you know, I was heading into the wall. So um, that, those couple of seconds felt like an eternity when I, was, um, mm. when I was going for the wall and I was just thinking to myself, oh, wow, this is going to hurt. And it's funny, like... <laughs> People say that, but it, it really did. Time did slow down. I thought, well, yeah, you know what? I've been a good person. If I don't make it, my family will, will have enough to survive, and I'm pretty sure God's going to let me in because I, I've been a good guy. So, And, um, yeah, I had all those thoughts as I was sliding into the wall, and then, of course, after I hit the wall, I, um, I, I was still breathing. I thought, oh, well, look, that's not bad. And I turned off the, the – I turned all the electricals off and deployed the, the fire extinguishers and thinking, man, this hurts like hell. But that day – yeah, I mean, after that accident, it really does um, show you just how safe these cars are. Like, I hit the wall doing 298 kilometres an hour. Pretty fortunate. That safety equipment, the crew, the cars, everything did its job. And, you know, I'm fortunate to be walking and, and talking these days. But, um, yeah, you definitely realise how fast these cars are going once it does get out of control and get out of shape. Yeah. Mate, of all the things you've done, and you've obviously spoke about a lot of them there, do you actually have a, a highlight? It was probably Puerto Rico from what you were saying, but yeah, or was it still to come? I, I feel like I've, I've done it all and, and I've held all the world records that in, in the classes that I've raced and, and all the Australian records and, and what have you. But um, the next chapter for me is just seeing my boy, because my, my boy's working with us now, and so he works here and he's doing the data logging and, and doing the tuning. So just watching him grow up and progress and then hopefully getting him into a car pretty soon. So that's probably the next chapter for myself and, of course, for the business, just having the, the new generation of Raheem. So George has got two boys um, yeah. and a girl, I suppose. I mean, <laughs> my daughter's not interested in it, but who knows, George's kids might be. So uh, having that, that new generation coming through now, that's probably the, the next set of highlights for us, I suppose, or for myself anyway. Just on that, I was going to say you guys are you're working on some pretty cool cars at the moment. We're actually going to unveil the an RX3 that you're working on for Motor X, Net. So you've got some pretty good cars in the build at the moment, haven't you? Yeah, look, the, the cars these days they're just we're building them to another level. Like before, we were building them cheap and nasty, where they would either look good or go fast or whatever. But now they've got to look good, they've got to go fast, they've got to handle, they've got to be engineered, they're quiet, they're reliable. People now can't afford to have a car that sits in a trailer for how many months of the year and, and then just gets raced on every other month or whatever. So now what they're doing is they're building these street cars. They're, they're having them so they're really, really quiet. They're fast. They can go out and run. Like everybody wants to drive to the track and run an eight-second pass in these two rotors now with, with stereos and reverse cameras and 
and all the bells and whistles. So we're building these cars from the ground up. Like every mm. nut and bolt that can be changed is changed. The panels are new, um, all the suspension, the diffs, the, the axles, the brakes. There isn't a single part on these cars which is secondhand except from the, yeah. from the body. And um, good quality paint, painted by the best painters you know, like whether it be Danny yeah. from Custom or, or um, Mohammed at Queen Street, um, yeah. Pro Street. Like we've got all the boys, all the top guys working. And, and you know, there, there isn't any one painter that's got a big enough shop with enough crew to be able to paint all the cars for us. So we've got cars at every single workshop getting worked on simultaneously so that we can keep up with the demand of these customers and, um, yeah, they're, they're just good, good, top quality um, cars with all the bells and whistles now. And you really, it's like just going to a Porsche dealership. You can't just buy a Porsche. You know, there's there's a there's a you know there's some kind of wait wait time for it and, and whatever. Mm. So you know, there's some people have to wait twelve months to get a project up and running here. But um, we're doing them, and they're being built to the highest of qualities. And cars are making. People are selling their cars for more money than they're, they're, they're buying them for or, or getting them built for because people don't want to wait. And if they can get yeah. themselves into a good car, they, they normally will jump in and do it. All your socials then, it's just like the car, The cars look like they're built better than brand new, like, you know. <laughs> oh, much better. There's a silver yeah. RX3 we're unveiling there at MotorX. That car's yeah. absolutely killer, isn't it? Yeah. In the rock. yeah, it is. It is. It is killer. Like all good parts, good paint, good quality build. It will look nice. It will go good. It will stop. Plenty mm. of power. So they're getting they're getting their cake and they're getting their eat as well. And and that's what's <laughs> making it so so um, attractive now because you know normally drag racing is a pretty um, you know it's it's a selfish sport because you have five six crew busting their ass working so hard and then only one person gets into get in driver. Mm. Whereas mm. these cars now that they they race at like um, at, at street events or at roll racing or whatever you. I mean, your mates come and give you a hand or, or they help you clean it or whatever, but you can take your friend in the car, or you mm. can take your wife, you can take your kids. So um, people are really warming up to that idea and the cars have got multi-use now. So um, that's what's making them attractive and um, kind of, I, I suppose, affordable for, for, for people as well. When do you start building bodies too, Rocky? <laughs> <laughs> well... I mean, we're thinking about it. We're just trying to get through the legalities of engine numbers, I mean, of chassis numbers and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they do that with, with Mustangs now and, and whatever. So, we're, yeah, we're, we're definitely well into that discussion at the moment with the New South Wales government regarding a whole new body. And then once that's passed and approved, then that's that's the next thing. So, I mean, these cars are going to be around for a long, long time. Mm. Uh, I remember um, at one point when we were racing Factory Extreme, um, we had a fellow racer that races a, a piston car say, listen, guys, you guys are probably going to have to get out of this rotary thing because they're not going to be around for, for you know forever and I think you should start looking to diversify. And uh, that was like 10 years ago and our business has gone from strength to strength. So um, this little niche, this little pond that we, we, we swim in, that we play in, um, has been very fruitful and we're hoping to keep it going for a not just my generation, but of course my kids now. Now you can tell. Now you can tell that guy, mate. I'm in talks with the New South Wales government to build our own yeah. masters. Yeah, um, that's where it's at at the moment. <laughs> and interesting, uh, Rocky. One of the top burnout guys is just about to launch a new car with a rotary, so it's going to even make the burnout scene. So there you go. 
that, that engine has always been pretty mystical to, to the normal person. Just it doesn't sound the same. It doesn't look the same. And so we get an unproportionate amount of um, coverage for these engines because they're, they're not like the norm. So, <laughs> All right, mate. That's fantastic. Uh, we got we got to wrap up, and I really thank you for your time and uh, congratulate you on such a fantastic business. Uh, you know I love your business. It's awesome. Thanks for the opportunity anyway, you know. Good on you, mate. Thank you very Thanks, much. Robbie. All right, mate. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. Thanks very much. We'll catch you. See awesome. you. Bye. We're here with George and Matt. How are you guys going? Good? Okay, mate. Good. What's happening? Hey, listen, Jay Bench, we've actually got Western Australian Automotive Royalty tonight. We've got uh, George Saparovich, obviously engine top engine builder, Blow Motorsports, and and uh, Matty James, with uh, well known for the compact, of course, and the unwanted youth. So uh, welcome aboard, guys, and thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks, thanks very much. So, Matty, I want to know um, your your first summer that's memory. Oh, my first time that's memory. Oh, hot flies. Nah, nah. It was um, <laughs> a good time. Yeah, first for my first time, I had that big fire, so I've got plenty of pictures of that, and it reminds me of it all the time, yeah. That was in the U. Yeah, that was in the U, yeah, a few years yeah, yeah. back now. Yeah. And, um, George, you've obviously been into cars for many, many years. Uh, tell us about how you got into cars and a little bit about your blind motorsports business. Oof, how I got in the cars. That'll probably be from a young age, I suppose. My dad had heaps of Monaros. Um, then my uncle had Monaros. Pretty much wanted a Monaro since I was born. Um, then, yeah, then, then the drags came after that. And, yeah, that was sort of like we just snowballed into that. And then, uh, yeah. And, like, so, did you do a – did you, like, do an apprenticeship I, as a mechanic or anything? No, 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 I didn't because at the time there was no – for what I wanted to do, there was no apprenticeship for what I wanted to do. So I started my time working with a guy called Peter on touring cars. So he yeah. was on, on a, a couple of touring cars over here. Was, Ian loves touring cars. And then I sort of, you know, helped. But I raced go-karts before that. So I had, like, a mechanical background like that. And then, obviously, I started working on cars at an early age and then – yeah, started working on race cars, and then I've got drag cars, and I just I just want to build motors. So at the time, there was nothing. Or even today, if you wanted to say oh, I want to build race car engines, well, what do you what do you do? There's no yeah. there's no such job. There is yeah. no job. Mm. And, and and like you can't if you, if you're a mechanic, what are you going to go do? Spin filters and change oil for four years yeah. and not even learn how to pull a motor apart. <laughs> it's yeah. like well, so. What do you do? You know. So I just sort of got as much as I could off everybody. And, and, and when, did you, when did you actually start uh, Blown Motorsports? How long ago did you start that? Oh, the, the actual business Blown Motorsports, I started, that was by pure accident and name because I had to pick a bunch of names for my race car for sponsorship, as in to have a business name. But I've always been working for myself, whether it be Extreme, it was, I think it started off as Extreme Mechanical and Performance or Extreme Mechanical. And then it was, then I sold that business and then, yeah, I just did my own thing. I just did my own thing in the shed and all the rest of it built people's motors and that. I sort of never really charged too many people along the way. In the early days, I sort of just was doing it because I loved it. Yeah, and then yeah. you know, it got to the point, because I did other things, you know, I had property, sold property, bought property, did, you know, stuff like that, and had trucks and, and all the rest of it. So, yeah, so it's been a fair few years now that it's been going. Mate, on our last podcast, we had um, 10 Bernatic lunatics, <laughs> burnout lunatics, <laughs> and, they, um, and nearly everyone to a T made this comment but how your engines sound the best. So what do you do different to everybody else? 
Come on, give us a few Matt, secrets. Matt will laugh. Okay, Matt, Matt will laugh here. You know, like, if you've got a, this is my put, my input on, on what it is. If you've got a blower, right, and, and you want to put a blower on your engine, you want to look like a man. Oh, I think you've got to add some boots to the to the equation, and then and then to top it off, have some RPM to 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 top that off as well. There's no use in you know putting a blower on there and having five psi. You might as well not have a blower on there at all. That's exactly. just my input on it. You know, I think a blower was made to make boost, and that's just I think that you know that's why they sound. I mean, you're screaming a whole bunch of boost through a little hole, you know, so it's got to scream, doesn't it? And then you have got the RPM yeah. to, to suit that as well. So I mean, those two. Mixed together usually make a good noise. <laughs> yeah. A little bit harder to keep together, but it's, it's a little bit harder to keep together. But at the end of the day, you know, well, you know, well, and then and and the one thing I hate, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna put it right out there, rev limiter. It's <laughs> nothing worse than the, the sound of a rev limiter. It's just <laughs> anybody can put their foot flat and hold it on the limiter. It, it just anybody. But driving it, you know, like an engine that wants to constantly rev, you know, like if you pulled a dip out of Matt's compact, for instance, and held your foot flat, it would just rev until the valves come out of it. You know, so he has to have some sort of driving throttle control to keep it where it needs to be. Otherwise, it will just, you know, destroy itself. So I, have seen, I, I love that that comment. That's a really good comment. And obviously, Matt, you're smiling there and uh, you're, you've... Uh, I think you were the first guy to win Burnout Masters and then also come second in a different car. So you must be testament to George's engines, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking about him. Uh, last year I had, you know, I've had a pretty good run. I had a bit of a, a mechanical failure. Hey, George. And he just picked <laughs> on the eight. And he's like, no, you did something different. You've done something different. You've done something. I was, no, no, no. And then he said, I want your data out of your car. And I denied him that. <laughs> we, we, we spun it, you know, we got an extra 400 of what I normally do in the RPM range there and, uh, yeah, it cost me a bit of money. <laughs> hey, a, a rev limiter would have been good there, George. <laughs> well, it did have one. It just, it just raised the limiter. <laughs> yeah, that was the problem. And then nobody said anything. I'm like, uh, this engine's been going three seasons, you know, and I don't ever have a problem with anything. And now all of a sudden it's got a problem here on. I don't really get that, Matt. It's just something's changed, you know. And no, 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 it hasn't changed. You keep asking the same question ten times. Oh, okay, yeah, we did do something. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got my little bag out and I was looked at the chip and that one there will do and put it in and yeah. <laughs> it sounded good before that, but Matt. <laughs> it's still, yeah, it sounded pretty good. Yeah, it went. It went. It felt good. Yeah. <laughs> So, Matt, on that, like I said, you were the first guy to do that. How did that feel? I bet it was a pretty impressive feeling that day. I remember it was really hot. You were running from car to car, so it was pretty special. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was pretty surreal kind of thing, you know. Still think back now and go, oh, did it even happen, you know? But yeah. um, it, was, it was a pretty awesome feeling. I didn't expect it at all. Um, so, yeah, it just blew me away, really, yeah. But, um, you know, testament to the people that built my cars, you know, that's why they were there all the work that's been on it from Chronix and, uh, you know, George's engine and, yeah, and then everyone's kind of, like, pulled together and <clears throat> that's how, how it all happened, you know, without all those people behind me, nothing would have happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're pretty unique um, when I when I look over there. that The quality, uh, like we unveiled your compact, that's how good the quality was at, at, the, at the Hot Rod Show over there. So you yeah. built stuff to a really high standard as well. How's, yeah. What were you thinking there? Oh, I don't know. That car, that car just kind of went from one thing to another, you know, and ended up there. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just like I like looking at cars that are high quality, and 
I know, I know that what we do with them, it's pretty hard to keep them up there, but, you know, I do my best. But um, I think as long as when that sheet's first ripped off, as long as it looks good then and kind of, you know, keep it up to scratch along the way, or why not? Why not build a car that looks good and goes good? Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Hey, George, you've um, done some great things in drag racing and set some unreal records. I was looking at your uh, your history there. Um who do you who do you like doing stuff for the drag races or the burnout guys? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, you know, look, I look Brett. Look, this, is a, a, this is really hard to explain. A lot of drag racers are doing it for uh, a hobby, so they like to do it a lot themselves. You know, so they don't really spend as much money on. Stuff. Whereas the burnout guy, most of the burnout guys. They, they don't sort of know their own stuff, you know what I mean? And it's a lot more, I don't know, it's a lot, I don't know. It's probably more work in a burnout car than there is a drag car. It's sort yeah, right. of, you know yeah. what I mean? In, in, I wouldn't say door slammer, you know what I mean? Door slammer, you're, you're doing a lot of stuff all the time, you know, stuff like that, you know, funny cars, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's really hard to explain. It's just, it's just a really hard question, to be honest with you. Drag races are fine. I call them tight asses because they want to do everything themselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they, they try and get all their parts and they try and do everything themselves because they're doing it as a hobby. So it's not, you know what I mean? It's not something that they're putting their money into, but they yeah. want to do it themselves. Whereas a burnout guy will sort of pay to do it, you know what I mean? Which ones are the first ones to pay the invoice? <laughs> oh. They all pay, otherwise they don't get their stuff. So it's what it is, but, but um, yeah, look, it's a, you know, people, you just got to pick your people, you know, like, because there's some good people and there's some bad people, you know. Of course. Uh, over, you know, there's, there's, there's good and bad and everything, you know, it's just human race, really. It's not, not down to just one type of person that does whatever, you know. Like Matt's a bloke, you know, he's, he's you know, passionate about his stuff and, and, and he does, you know, he listens, you know, like Matt's a good listener. And, you know, like Steve Sines, he's a good listener, you know. Kenya, yeah. You know, yeah. he, you know, if I say you need to do this, he'll do that. If I say to Matt, Matt, you need to change or oh, Matt, you need to look at this or you need to do that, he'll do it. Whereas you've got a lot of other people, they just won't do it. They'll go, oh, it'll be right, it'll be right, you know what I mean? Like, oh, it'll be right. And it's they not just right. Don't, yeah. Exactly. No mechanical sympathy, you know, like at all. Like, I could tell you now 100% that I could have the same motor in Matt's car That'll do a full season. We won't touch it. And literally, and Matt, back to this one up, you can do the tappets once in a season. Yeah. Like, check if the tappets once. And they were, and if you're lucky, that's what I'm saying, if you're lucky. And then I'll go to another guy and build the exact same motor, and he'll just torch the thing in one burnout comp. You know, yeah. it's like, and you're like, mate, this, there's a problem. Oh, no, there's not. Yeah, there is. You know, like, because <laughs> this one is exactly the same, but you're, you're doing this to it, and it's not, not working. Nah, nah, it's got to be something else. Okay. You know what I mean? You just, it's so hard. It's just hard. It's hard work, you know? <laughs> the other thing I found really interesting is, um, I'm a testament to you and your, obviously, your skills, is that somebody like Gary Myers, like, drives all, all the way across the Nullarbor to get you to tune that car. He's done it several times. I reckon that's that's pretty good. Pretty good testament to your work. Well, Gary's just a, a good guy, a good all-round guy, and he sort of listens to one thing he's a bit, bit like Matt you know what I mean like Matt will listen to me and if there's a, you know if there's a problem we look at the problem and solve the problem it's like Gary you know like if you just listen to one person and don't listen to five different people and take five different people's input and try five different people's input yeah. well, then you you know usually when you take five people's things and you apply it to one thing it doesn't usually work if you use one person that sort of has an idea of what's going on and then you stay with that person you'll end up getting a result at the end 
And so that's why Gary is he's, he's passionate, you know, and he listens and he does what he needs to do, you know, and it is, you know, he trims little things and does little things and he's very on top of his maintenance and, yeah, we've just got a good thing going on, you know, between him, you know, and, and Jake and, you know. So yeah, a bit like Matt, you know, Matt listens and does what's got to be done and, you know, results speak themselves, really. Yeah, mate, I remember when you started, I think you started with the Black HK, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you got the the had the HJU. And then and then the VF. Uh, what do you got? You still got the VF? Is that what you're running? Yeah, now? yeah, I've still I've still got it. Yeah, still uh, got all the yeah. others, all, all the other cars as well. Oh, I've got I've got my Monaro. Monaro is still in the sheds. The street car. I never chopped that car up. So I thought it would um, be. Yeah, yeah. This just it's it's probably about three meters that way. <laughs> it's uh yeah no that's it's, that's a good thing. Um, uh, the Ute's gone. That was Matt Pinnell. Matt Pinnell ended up with that. Oh yeah. Um, that was that blackout or whatever. Blackout. Yep. Blackout. Yep, so he ended up with that, but he put a big block in it. Um, the motor ended up in um, Fear, uh, Fred Watson's thing. He pulled the motor out of that and put it into his Monaro. Um, what else? And then, yeah, obviously my car, Nutter. If anyone wants to buy, they can buy it. I just don't have. I just don't have the. I just don't have. I don't have enough time in my life for everything, you know. And then when I go to a track, you know, I've got to look after matter, or you know, I haven't been exactly. Had a good break. I've got to look after too many people, and I can't look after my own car. It's just yeah. too hard, you know. And the mistakes that happened, you know, the bits and pieces that happened on my car, that that was all my fault. I'm not blaming anything. I'm not blaming, you know, the, the backfires and stuff like that, and the little pops and bangs, and it was just learning along the way. And half the reason is because I'm not paying attention enough attention to my car which is new and then mistakes happen that's just what happens what side do you enjoy more, more George you more enjoy looking after the customer side of stuff or doing doing the sport yourself in a sense what's more oh, or has it changed more, over the years having a drive I, so I like um, yeah, when you go to an event like I, I can say it, like Gazanats or something like that you get to drive your car you get to take people for a drive you get to take your kids in your car or whatever and you, you, you drive your car and you do a burnout, I like that. I mean, as for just going to the track, just doing one burnout and going home, it's sort of not my thing. Yeah, I, I like to drive a lot more. Um, it's just, it's hard, you know. It's just, I like to drive the car. That's just, and you know, like, as for, it's just, it's just hard. You know, Matt will probably say the same, you know, like, you yeah. know, you go there, you do one burnout or two burnouts or whatever, you got two cars, probably always got two or three cars going because he wants to do more driving, you know, that's... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you know, I think, you know, when you go to an event, you know, like a, like a Gazanas or a Power Cruise or, or something like that, you get to drive your car longer, you know, so you get to use your investment longer, I think, so that would probably be more, I enjoy that. Those weekends when you're burning a thousand litres of fuel and 40 sets of tyres or whatever, that's, that, yeah, that, that's, that's where it's at. Yeah. yeah. So on yeah. that, Matt, what's been your favourite event? Oh, gee, there's been lots, lots of good shows, uh, you know, I've always enjoyed all the Gazanat shows and whatnot. Um, Oh, up at um, Cairns there, that Northern Ats, that's a bloody good show too. You know, you get to do a bit of lapping around and big pad and stuff like that. But, you know, I always like our local shows too, all the motivations and stuff like that. I'm ashamed they're not like they used to be. But, yeah, yeah. there's too many good events to name, you know, a particular one that's my favourite. But It's interesting when we ask that question regularly and a lot of people, like everybody loves summer Nats, of course, but they always feel like they're under pressure there. It, it's it's not, not as probably enjoyable as such because it's always like the big one they want to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can agree with that. But some of that's it, it's a big show, you know. There's lots of people, spectators yeah. are there, you know, lots of cars and whatnot. You know, it's it's tough, you know, but it's a bloody really enjoyable weekend. Um, 
you know, I've had like a year off now, so I'm feeling quite refreshed. You know, it's been nice to have a break and just kind of, you know, concentrate on a few things I needed to and, um, you know, get back to where I am now. Kind of lost the passion a little bit, but um, no, I'm feeling good now and ready to, to go out awesome. and have some more fun. So what do yeah. you, what's, what's next? What event's next for you? Oh, gee, I don't know what ne- what event is next. I uh, wouldn't even have a clue at the moment with everything going on. But, um, yeah, as soon as I'm not in any rush, you know, my cars are fresh. I've got a new motor in the compact ready to go and um, the ute's all pretty well ready. Just need George to come around, don't forget, mate, and uh, help me out there. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, and then I've been working on my VP. I've got a new motor that we're um, putting in that at the moment, dry some uh, LS that George built for me couple of years ago waiting for the old engine to die and it never did so just bit the you know just bit it off and pulled it out and getting ready to put that in now so yeah no, i don't know what's next just whatever comes up when i'm ready i guess you're going to head back to summer nets yeah i think so i don't know if i'll make it next year i'll see how we go you know just got yep. on i've gone on in life but um yeah no, i'm definitely keen to get back over there and Good. I know George. George is always talks up about uh, you know how good drag racing is. So we're about to have a crack at that, eh? So, um, oh yeah. yeah. What do you yeah. what do you run? What do you run? A which car? Um, I picked up a LX hatch. Um, yeah, it's like a full tube car. But if you want to know more about it, you'll need to ask George because he's the one that's bloody sorted all out. <laughs> <laughs> so when when's that? When are you racing again in WA? What? What month? Well, we haven't we haven't got it running yet. So, um, <clears throat> where is my engine, George? By the way, um, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, um, the car's just getting some work done at Black Magic at the moment. Hopefully, we get that back in the next couple of weeks and start piecing it all together, and then pull apart, paint it, and kind of just when it's ready, you know, um, shouldn't be too far in the next six months. Hopefully, we can start getting it down the track. What's been your favourite car? What's been your favourite car over the years, Matt? To just whatever event, whatever whatever sort of style of driving or burnouts, or what's your, what's been your favourite? Oh, my trusty old VP has been a good part of my fun that I've had over the years. So, yeah. um, you know, we've kind of belted that car has copped it. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. getting a bit of a it's going to makeover at the moment. So, um, I'm sure it's got plenty more years of abuse in it. So, yeah, yeah that car's we, always been good. That, that car was never supposed to last the first weekend. Remember. It was just a, just a, remember when we slapped it together for the first weekend? You know, like that first time we put that junk motor in it? Yes, yeah. Do, and we yeah, put the junker in there, we got that motor, and we just like high-pressure cleaned the, the sump. I pulled the sump off, and it was that black. We, we degreased it, and we, I was high-pressure cleaning it like three times to get the sludge off the bottom of the motor. I'm like, God, <laughs> this is not going to work well. And then we just kept cleaning it, and it kept coming up cleaner and cleaner. So we did it like three times. Now, and that's it. The WD-40 turned it over. Didn't crack a bearing, nothing. I'm like, oh, God, this is not going to last a weekend. Then he gets in it and just holds it flat with the carload of people. First burnout, it's just, brrr, just glowing red. I'm like, my God, this engine's going to blow up. Three years later, four, three and a half years more, still going. And every time you ran it up on the dyno, it made more and more power. More it's power. Thing. It just kept making more heat. Oh, oh, yeah. Just come on. Because he never, oh, Matt, you know, like doesn't love his, his VP like he loves his rest of his cars. If you clean the carby out, oh, no, no, oh, my carby's blocked or something. So I get it down. I clean the carby, goes back, you know, on the dyno, and then it makes more power. I'm like, how? This thing shouldn't have any rings in it. You know what I mean? Like, it actually shouldn't have any rings here in it or nothing, and it makes more power. I'm like, that's an engine that should have been dead a long time ago. Still given. Loves the love. Yeah. All right, guys, we've um, we got to we got to wind this up. So, look, I really yep. thank you for your time and um, right. and uh, yeah, really really appreciate it. It's been great. Thanks, 
No worries. Right, see you guys around, Thank eh? you. See you later. Yeah, all right, all right. See ya. There you go. Right, all right, guys. Have a good engine, George. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's on my motorbike. <laughs> yeah. See ya. Yeah. Oh, we are here with Chris Christow, burnout legend. What's happening, mate? Oh, not much, mate. What's going on with yourselves? Oh, you doing, doing a podcast? Thanks for your time. It's going to be really good to catch up with you, son. First question I want to actually want to know your first memory of Summonax and which event was it? When we drove up from, um, we drove up the old highway, yeah, and um, got the car going, all the sort of stuff, everything was going all right. Next minute it just poured rain. You know, it was like <laughs> Aubrey, going through Aubrey and that was like a mud stand. The car come up, like it was just, I don't even recognise the car when we got there. That's how bad it was. The road was just, you know, horrific. You know, that's the old highway. Yeah, and that's one. That's one of them. Then, and and the first summer, that's well, I was sort of uh, just just hot to trot, you know, like just a bit crazy and a little bit freaking nervous, and but more crazy than anything else. And then just um, wanted to see what was going on. And and I all remember when um, the old fellow, you know, with the Zephyr, he sort of, you know, was out there at the beginning, and then I thought I'd give it a burl, and you know, it sort of was. I I was more used to be at the back. Back stalls, you know, like outside, back of friggin', not Wally's car park or anything like that. It's more like back of <laughs> No one was around, mate. You know what I mean? And, and that's a, that's a comment I was going to make there, Chris, a, a lot, along with John Peterson. You, between you, Peg, you've really made a name for yourselves early. How did Sexy sort of get into the whole burnout thing? Well, the thing is, I love cars and I thought, well, I'll give it a burl, but the worst thing about it is everybody made a big deal of this destroying this GD of mine, you know what I mean? And yeah, the thing is, it's only a car, honestly, you know, really. And really, it still is only a car, you know what I mean? But people have taken it to the next level, you know, it's gone from one extreme to another. Of course, you know, I've just gone, I love this thing, I'm going to keep on doing it, and just decided to go a little bit freaking crazy every year. And, you know, and the good part about it is I built my own engines then, and never had any problems, you know what I mean? So I just, it just sort of get, it, 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 I reckon it gets in your veins like some bad drug and you can't stop it. But, I mean, that obviously the car, but Paul Burnett, like I say, with Peterson and, and you, you were really the, the pioneers of that. So, like doing serious burnouts, so you just, yeah. what, did you see somebody else or you just thought, I'm going to give it to nah, them? never, ever did, mate, ever. I, I, I was always, everywhere I went, and I hate to say this now because you can't you can't get away with any of this now. I do I did like that many weddings and it was my favour of everybody they wanted me to do a burnout. <laughs> <laughs> like I must have done, I'll tell you now, and got paid for it. I reckon I did hundreds of weddings. Hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> and doing burnouts, that's good. And so and, and burnouts. So the priest, the priest to, would be chasing you down the street every time you turn back up at the next wedding, right? Well, the thing is, you know, too many is, people got these cameras now. You know what I mean? You can't do anything. No, you can't. You, you can't go for a bloody piss these days without bloody freaking anybody catching you. <laughs> you know, I've got to go out. The people are checking me out. Then you know what I mean? So, have you still got the you still got the blue XY? Yeah, yeah. Look, mate. Honest. This is this is what happened four years ago. Well, my young bloke's not here at the moment, but he'd correct me for the whole lot of it. He's got a memory like a freaking bloody freaking donkey. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, I, I, I actually um, pulled the car apart and we were rushing it to get it going again because I had to fix a few of the quarter panels and 
thing, one thing after another, I cracked the shits and said, that's enough. I'm not destroying this car anymore. I've got to fix it and get it on the road and just put it back to where it was. So for two, three weeks, I had an XY Falcon there that I decided to just pull it to pieces. And I don't know whether you know this or not. I pulled it to pieces and everybody thought it was the original car. We made it. We turned it into yeah. a replica. Well, yeah, I did it. I did. I don't know. I, I think it was. Uh, it's got to be. It's got to be more than four years ago. It has to be. And that car from four years or five years is the replica. All right. But have you still got the original car as well? I pulled it down, and I, and I just wanted to put it back together again and and just fix all the holes that are, that I've drilled in it for fuel pumps and you know just stupid things I did and. You know, I didn't modify the car that bad, but I, I still did destroy, yeah. you know, quarter panels and things like that. And, you know, I, I drilled a few holes in it because I was young and stupid then. And, I mean, nothing I can't fix because I've got, like, freaking XY shit everywhere because I've collected <laughs> from, you know, I bought, a you know, some Ford joint that went bust, decided to get rid of it all, and I bought all these little panels and that. But I've got just little bits and pieces that I cut out of another car I'll just I'll just well butt well all back in again and I'll be good as range, but not big mm. holes. Yeah, so I'm going to tr- I tried to get that car on the road and have the hottie at the same time together, but it didn't yeah. work because then I went into hospital, of course. Yeah, but you will. You'll you'll get them. You'll get them together. Yeah, yeah. Look, mate. Honestly, I'll just a couple of people's cars. I've got to get finished, and once I get them out of the way, I'm I'm going for it. So, what are you doing? Are you still you got your own workshop, haven't you? Yeah, I've got my workshop yep. at home. I, I, I do I only work on the cars that I've got now and I won't do any more and I don't get any more in, so I don't want any more. And I just finish them off. I just You can't, mate, because I'd love to, but unfortunately you, 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 can't, you can't cope with that much when you're doing it on your own. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. You think you don't know who people think they are. That's what gets them into a bit of a trap, and I'm in a little yeah. bit of a trap right now. <laughs> Mate, you mentioned your young bloke. He's got an awesome XR. I'm guessing you had a pretty big hand in building that car. Yeah, look, look, we we did that. Like, oh, he did it. He, he got a, a fair bit of it done before I went to hospital, and then we we raged pretty hard on it after we got back out. And that year, he wanted to take the car, and, I, and he, he he tried to cancel it on me. And I said to him, "Nah, just give me another another three or four weeks, and I'll start hammering for it. But you're just gonna have to just do things the way I, you know." I do it. You know, I'll, I'll teach you how to do it. You've got to do it that way and that's it. It nearly came to the crunch. We nearly didn't make it there, of course, but we got it there and now he's just, you know, you know when you build a car and you and you think it's okay but it's not? Yeah. Well, his car was the same and he's just perfectionate now of making things. We did things really good, but we just, he's yeah, doing things car. Yeah. Oh, look, mate, honestly, it's, it's a beautiful car. Yeah. And, um, Honestly, um, what happened then, we just sort of fixed the car and he's doing it now and and he had a couple of little babies now and, of course, you know, you slow down a little bit, of course. It's the old natural thing that happens. But, no, he's, he's firing on still. He's getting it done. I I actually gave him another engine and he decided to freaking put it in. I said to him, don't put it in. Now he's regret it because it was a turnaround car engine out of, an, out of another car. And we found so many problems with the engine. He rebuilt it, got it all together, and I said to him, you're not going to be able to drive this car. The car's going to be just impossible to drive. Because you're talking pro-stock engines, the pro-stock engines are freaking, you know, everybody knows what they like. So it's going to do valve swings all the freaking time. 
and all that sort of, you know what I mean? So, um, excuse the noise. I'm getting that. <laughs> anyway, anyway um, so then we decided, well, he's going to do something a little bit different now, and um, he's been doing that now. So that engine's virtually not going to have a tunnel ram on it. It's gonna, we're going to just go with another effect. He, he's winning with it now, so no, he's just changing a few things on it, getting rid of the couple of things I said he should piss off because he doesn't need to have them on there. You know, virtually what, you know, um, um, wants to put a standard sump in it. Yeah. With a, you know, like a really good sump and a standard style sump. You know, um, get rid of all the big canister that's on the top of it for the oils that holds all the oil on the top in the engine. Yeah, you know, get rid of all that stuff, make it look sort of nice and clean and neat. And then you'll be able to drive it again. But he's still in a stage at the moment. It's, it's, it's going to take a bit of time. But I'm really looking forward to seeing um, the old boy and then him together at some of that. So that'll be pretty cool. Uh, mate, is, is, is it actually, is it rock and roll and still okay there? Or is you hear stories, it's not, you know. Mate, it's, it's full on. Don't worry. It's old. It's just all stories, mate. Yeah, no, full on. Yeah. Some of that will be on. Yeah, all good. And for many yeah. years, yeah, yeah. many years. Absolutely. You've been obviously with all the things you've done. You've been to plenty of events. Do you have a favourite event you've been to? Oh, I love summer nights. That's the truth. I know you that's, do. That's, that, mate, honestly, look, yeah, it's the vibe of getting there. All the all the mucking around you got to do. It's 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 like it's a big deal. It is, and even, even the anticipation of waiting all year. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But you know the worst part about it is, I always said everyone tried to drag me there with no car, but everybody says. Come along. I can't take, can't go there without a car. You can't. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't. I feel like I'm, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, nah, can't do it. <laughs> can't. So that's why we sort of, his car, I'll go with him. We did, we, we, you know, and it was good. But you've got to take a car no matter what. You have to. Especially how long I've been doing it. I've been doing it for, I mean, I would love to have gone every year, but unfortunately, health dies in the out, gets you in, in the backside. For some unknown reason, and and, and then you got to put up with it. What is it that you love, Chris, about the car scene? That just the just the whole, the cars, the camaraderie, the, the every yeah, everything, something else. Yeah, 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 I do, I do. Look, there's a few issues now. I mean, look, I honestly think when they had the band and all that going, and everything was sort of smooth looked after and everything like that, and not the idiots looking, not not making a fuss over things and making it look bad and all that. I think that's the best thing when the family was involved and they had a band and all that sort of stuff. And then, you know, shut off time, shut off time, you know. And then most people have to go, honestly, back to their camp and start getting their cars ready, most people, you know what I mean, for the whole freaking event. I mean, when I was doing burnouts, my my head was in Gaga land, man. No one could talk to me. I'm not joking. (laughs) I mean, they said I was okay, but I... I'd still have this thing in my head. I'd be going, God, if I checked the freaking ignition, it was points then. I mean, if I checked the points and is everything okay? <laughs> plugs are wrong, other plugs I forgot they even I'm existed. Plugs wrong. Plugs <laughs> <laughs> wrong or something. And I had to go over everything all the time. And then, you know, and then I've got the boys now and they, they sort of make sure that I make sure everything's tuned in. But but you still you still got to go over it yourself. You have to. Yeah. You've got no choice. Otherwise, you, you, you go out there and I had – when I, I I got asked to go to Perth, and I drove over there, and that was a big deal. Like yeah, really, yeah. Now, now, honestly, I don't care what anybody says. That's a freaking big drive. <laughs> it is a big drive. 
You have to check the points on that points on that drive. Oh, oh, no, actually, I had an ignition. I had an electronic ignition then. I did go up a little bit. <laughs> so everything was fine then. There was no dramas. But but I, I was like, look, the atmosphere over there. I don't know what it was. It was like I was God, and that's what it felt like. Mate, I got <laughs> inundated, and if my wife wasn't there to prove it, what happened? It was ridiculous. I I couldn't. They had to drag me away. From signing, from signing, um, signing um, posters. Yeah, well, you wow. remember it, like you're on cover of Street Machine straight after all that, so that was a pretty big deal back then. Oh, mate, massive! It was out of control. It was like it was that big. It was freaking ridiculous. Like no bullshit. <laughs> you're a rock star. Oh yeah, <laughs> you, you get a big head out of it, but honestly, look, look, it's sort of it's easy now. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, you still get a little bit. Um, I don't know, flustered and that. Only because you want to make sure everything's right, you know what I mean? Mm. And the worst part about it is, like I said to Owen today, your boy, well, I reckon we've got a glut for punishment, the car thing. You buy a car, you buy another car, you buy another car, then buy another car. Next minute you've got no freaking cars going. and then <laughs> They're all <you're>, broken. <laughs> it's not because they're broken. You just can't uh, get <laughs> And you feel like, what the hell have I done? <laughs> so it's, it's it's a it's a freaking thing up here. That's I don't know. It's, it, it just gets off track. Yeah, oh, it's very common. Thing. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Ron. It's a money thing too. You know, you, yeah. if you could, you, you'd be working on your car twenty four seven. Hey mate, so um, what's in the future for you? What's coming up? Look, I, I, I I'm not scared to say it. I mean, I've got probably two cars I'd love to get done, and one's a, a thirty two, and another one's a um, I've got. Well, actually, three of them, the GT and an imitation. The imitation's got a fair bit of um, rubber under it. Like it was yep. going to be, a, it was going to be a blowing car, of course. But I don't know what's going to happen with it now. I don't know whether I should, whether I should stick with that line or or whatever. But it, it's it's it was just going to be like a really nice looking replica, but completely old school. Big set of lines, yeah. Yeah, I hear a few people. I hear a few people going back to that retro look now. I like even like a, the uh, the eighty style, you know, some decals and stuff. You never know, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. You know, really, honestly, it's 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 freaking what's up. What's old is new, mate. You know that. I think it's a, it's getting really fussy. Is the problem now? Like, what the hell have we done to each to ourselves? Like, I mean, I used to be fussy, but and get the car done. Now it's like everything's got to be like freaking hundred percent. And that's why it takes so long to get things done. I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. I, I can't, I've found two people that, you know, like the zinc and the and the yellow zinc and the yep. Yep. and the silver zinc. I can't. I found probably about five, six different places, and I've never been happy with any of them. Yeah. Like, honestly, if anybody can give me a tip there, who does the yellow properly? I found I found one person. It does. It's okay. But it, but I've been told I'm going to go to Bendigo to get it done. All right, mate, we've got to wrap this up now. So, look, I thank you for your time, and um, you really are a, a legend of the whole burnout scene, so it's been great to catch up, all right? Without a doubt, mate. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks Chris. Catch up with the again soon. Thanks, yeah, mate. We'll catch up with you. We'll catch up with the young bloke with some of that soon, all right? All right, buddy. See you there, mate. Thanks, Thanks Chris. See you later, boys. Webby, what a show, mate. I just want to say, well, we both want to say thanks to everyone that's come on. But Chris, yeah. what an awesome guy Chris is. Yeah, yeah. Look, he is it, look the most probably the most overused word in our in our whole scene is legend. But he was 
truly, him and John Peterson were two of the first guys to do killer burnouts. And uh, yeah, and how about Chris's story at the wedding? <laughs> <laughs> Five hundred burnout. Know about it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't. Uh, all the he won't be getting any uh, taps on the front door. Who knows? But I love the photo of him. If you look at online of him with the one hand, one hand out the window, one hand yeah. out the sunroof, just smashing yeah. his kid. What a legend! Yeah. Yeah. And then we had George Parovich on. He was awesome too. With Matt James as well, those guys yeah. and Rocky, one of the most well-known road names in rotary engines in the world. Like, yeah, in the world. Know, yeah, literally in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Got so many great entries this year. So oh, you can sit here for hours rattling off yeah. entries. So how many of the summonats already up to fifteen hundred or so? I think up, up to fifteen hundred, and that's why I keep wow. saying. I keep saying, get your entries in because last year people did actually miss out. So Yeah, well, there's only around 2,000, right? So uh, people have got to get in. Don't forget that some of those 2021 tickets and entries are on sale now. Uh, That's for sure. I can't wait to go to any event at the moment, mate. We've got, what about the Burnout Masters coming up as well at Sydney Dragway? Can't wait for that as well. Yeah, and the crowds can go in. They're going to have probably a, a, who knows, maybe a 10,000 strong crowd at that event screaming off their heads and the motors will be, Screaming off their heads because those guys, those lunatics that we had on last week, half of them will be on there and they'll be keen to throw, throw a rod or something. Don't worry about that. <laughs> that was going to be my comment. 10,000 <laughs> crowd and 100 lunatics out there on the pad. <laughs> each day, each day. Yeah, each day. Two skids a day or something like that as well. So yeah, awesome. Really All right, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favourite podcast supplier as well as uh, giving this video a like on YouTube, subscribing to our YouTube channel, and all the rest of it. We're told if this video gets a 1,000 likes, the boss will hand out slushies to uh, everyone at the entry to Summon S34. That probably isn't true at all. That's not true, but <laughs> give the video a like anyway because uh, it'll probably come out of my wallet. Yeah, right. yeah, I was going to say that won't be true because he's just had a heart attack, mate. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, all that's good. it for Podcast 10. Thanks, Webby. Good on you, mate. Thanks, Jay, man. See you next week. All right, we will do. We'll see you next Tuesday.